last case of emotion. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. A sad episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. Uh, as we pour one out, uh, as the AFLW Cats season comes to an end after an elimination final loss, a heartbreaker to North Melbourne for the Cats. My name is Jake Meowtel, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sam Meowtel and John Larkitty. How are we, chaps? Oh, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty bummed. I'm going to sugarcoat yeah. that one. Pretty bummed about this, uh, this result. Uh, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get into the whys and the hows of that. Yeah, it was, it was a, it's, it's difficult to say. It was a, I want to say disappointing, but it was just a heartbreaking way to end the season. It was a fantastic year. So it's, I'm feeling good, but, you know, there's still that lingering what if feeling. Mm. Yeah, that's what it, like, we drove down. Uh, to this game and and the the listener uh, and the viewer have to sort of excuse it in, in some ways because I, I feel like this episode is going to be less like bang 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 uh, recap analysis uh, there'll, there'll definitely be that but part of it is there's there's a bit of emotion to it as well like we all made the trek down for the game um, Sambo had the good sense and the ability to go down there early um, and Johnny and myself <laughs> left Benalla at four o'clock uh, to try and get down there for a 7.10 start. We did it in flying time uh, and drove back the same night. But it was a real heartbreaker, uh, this game. Definitely. It was a real heartbreaker. Um, Geelong uh, really, for the most part, I, I thought Chaps outplayed North Melbourne, like all across the ground. I thought Geelong was the better team in, in probably two thirds of the field, but we just couldn't make them pay. Like uh, Johnny, I suppose I should go to you first. I went to Sam first on, on the last episode. Like that, it really did just come down to the fact that it, it was a matter of how quickly could Geelong work out how to break down that defensive 50 structure of the ruse because if they could, they would win. And unfortunately, it, it probably came a quarter too late, Johnny. Yeah, it really did. It was, it was such a weird, weird way that it sort of ended because they had so many chances and it just... Couldn't get that last kick, but it also sort of went away from what they've been doing so well in the last few weeks, which was lowering those eyes, getting into a really good spot, hitting a target. Um, but a bit of that credit, but if that's got to go to the Kangaroos defensive team for mm. working out the Cats' way of moving forward and really shutting that down and sort of having to go long and vomit long and hope, or not really hope, but just think that other players could take the mark and then that's when the kangaroos were so well set up that you know they only had two players at the drop of the ball taking the easy mark um mm. until that really that last quarter where yeah they had numerous opportunities just i'm not sure if it was the moment 
that got to the players, the pressure, the, the finals atmosphere or whatever, or just, I don't know, it's, it's a hard one because there's a few, can't really say that all of them are suffering from the excitement of finals or feeling the pressure of the finals. But mm. They could, but yeah, it was long and, you know, we'll, they'll be making, they should be making finals next year. And if the rate of improvement continues like it did this season, then they'll be winning these games and getting further into the final. So, yeah, it's a bit doom and gloom and a bit of heartbreak and heartache and all that. But as uh, Megatron said on the post-game interview on that was on the socials, mm. there's a lot of a hell of a lot of upside upside to this this team if they can hit the keep all these players together for another year. Or for forever, forever, if the whole team can stay, mm. they're going to be a pretty dominant team. It's just yeah, that matter of time, and they'll be winning finals and grand finals in a short period of time. So there's a lot of hope. Well, yeah, absolutely, and I think I think we should definitely sort of talk <clears throat> about that. And I mean, going forward, I mean, this is our last recap, our last game recap show uh, for 2022. So, you know, my intention is that there's going to be plenty of time too to sort of talk about the, the entire, like the season in review too. And I think it'd be great to do an episode uh, either separately or together um, of both the men and women's season, like, because it's what a, what a year yeah. for the club. But uh, Sambo, like your thoughts initially on, on the game, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of tee you up with some stats the Cats won the disposals, 256 to 245. Uh, won the free kick count, 16 to 7. Um, clearances were pretty even. The Cats lost it by 3, 18 to 21. They won the marks inside 50, 6 to 2. And that off the back, and this to me is the most glaring one of the night, 41 inside 50s to 18. The Cats had 35 of the last 42 inside 50s. How did you sort of, yeah, what were your sort of feelings about the game? What were the big sort of takeaways for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was tough. Like, it was a tough game physically, but it was, it was sort of a, a tough game to read because it just it just felt cagey for, for, for most of 96% of the game, really, until that last, the, the dying moments when stuff sort of felt like it opened up a little bit for the cats and they kind of found their footing. Um, and I thought the, I thought it was the same in the crowd. Like it was a really weird yeah. environment, right? Like mm. in the, in the stands, um, like it, it was so quiet for the first yeah. quarter. Like mm. the first quarter, it was really like dead silent. And the, the North fans were certainly making more noise. But even before the game, I think it was just before you guys had got there. Um, they did the the thing where the um, you know the the MC kind of says all the Cats fans make some noise, and then all the North Melbourne fans make some noise, and the mm. the difference was shattering. Like the the North yeah, Melbourne right. fans were so much louder, um, and the kind of the MC kind of made a point of that and sort of went, you know, well, we'll have to you you know you'll have to pick up your game during the <laughs> during the match sort of mm. thing, and it took a while. Like again, even for the like I know, 
I don't think it's so simple as well. They weren't cheering because the game wasn't going their way. Because I think I think mm. it's a bit of a there's a bit of a give and take in that relationship between the crowd yeah. and the game. Like you have to help lift it yep. as well as cheer it. And I really don't think the Geelong crowd sort of realized the game was happening until there's about four minutes left. And then yeah, all suddenly out. the atmosphere <laughs> just really took off and you mm. could see the players lift and they played out of their skin and a bit of a chicken and egg scenario of, you know, was it because the players started playing first or did the crowd help? But I did just think that that was somewhat indicative of the game itself was how the crowd was. These big lulls of just complete silence yeah. and then a bit, of, a, bit of, a bit of cheering when someone did something sort of notable. But yeah, the, the atmosphere in the crowd in the stands was really nervous. Um, the really, really tense energy. Um, and that's how I felt the game was too. Even though I had said in the preview, I didn't think the moment would get to the, the cats. I think, I don't think it's insulting to say that it, it probably did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, 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 you Definitely. know, especially, especially when you look at the players that did play really well, you've mostly not, not entirely. By and large, a lot of the players that had really good nights are the ones who are a bit more experienced that have come from other teams, come down here with it, with some finals experience before, or you know even just the the cats players that have been playing a couple of seasons. Um, and it just looked like we we just forgot ourselves a little bit. And like John was saying, with the you know um, falling back into old habits with the the inside fifties, it did feel like a lot of that stuff was creeping in from sort of six seven weeks ago where we were just, as we noted in the pod, we were just taking it inside 50, like one disposal too early. As you, you mentioned this in the, in the, yeah. during the game, Jake, that it was like, just take a, just take another step, hit a short option just inside the 50 and then, and then sit it up. And I know there was yeah. this sort of, it seemed like there was this desire to counterattack when we actually weren't counterattacking. Do you know what I mean? That was the style we were playing. We were yeah. acting as if they just pummeled us into our back half and we were surging back trying to play before they could get their shape. But their shape was already there. So they had phenomenal structure. North Melbourne was probably the the one thing that I think was a clear, clear um, night and day difference in terms of their preparation off the ball, I think, was was night and day compared to ours. Um and so we were bombing it forward as if we were trying to drop it over the top of their defense to a uh, to a forward target, but we were just letting them eat up intercepts all day. <laughs> yeah, it was it was um, and crazy, was... crazy how often that you just see that one. I'm not I'm not sure what who what her name is, but just that one North player that I think she had, she was the blonde head and I think she had like an orange headband or scrunchy or orange mm. boots. But ninety percent of the time it was just her reading that ball off the boot perfectly and yeah. taking it easy, easy mark. But yeah, I think you're right, Sam. I think they were trying to bomb it in and get over that defence. But as Maj said, um, or Meow Tao said it at the game, they just take using that kick one kick too early. Mm. If they did it one kick later, it probably would have worked a lot more. But yeah, it was. It was probably the most frustrating part of the whole game was watching it repeatedly happen. Mm. But I and I, I think I think the it's, other thing it's... that was really odd to me, um, I guess I've got a couple more general general points, but I think one of them was 
our tackle game seemed to be a little off. Like we were applying mm. pressure, but you know, we weren't getting a lot of reward for tackles in terms of free kicks, but also mm. I don't think we were giving ourselves the best opportunity for that. I mean, the top three tacklers for the game are North Melbourne players. Yeah. Um, Amy, Amy Smith had 17 tackles. Yeah. Um, and the next, the, the only close, the closest one of our players got was Amy McDonald with seven. Like, Slow. Yeah. That's pr- a, that's pretty nuts. There was a lot of broken tackles from North Melbourne, which and he so a lot of those you pretty much back cats to stop him in the tracks and get him to the ground. But yeah, it was just as he it just felt cagey, and I think it was it, it most likely was just that moment, the moment getting to the players. Mm. Unfortunately, well, do do you think to like? I mean, part of it is because the cats controlled the ball more. Like we were in situations where we, we were the ones in possession. So therefore being hunted, um, you know, by the tackler. But the other thing I, I do think there were times we mentioned Johnny um, while we we're at the, at the game was like, fuck, like this North player has so much space here. Like they were, they were yeah. spreading to space or finding the possession in space. My God, I don't think Amy McDonald had a clean possession in space or almost all night, a couple down on the wing near us. But most of the time, Amy McDonald would get the ball and immediately, if not one, then two tacklers would just descend on her um, from north. They'd done their homework on Prasparkas' quick kicks out of the, out of the clearance. Yeah. There was so many times, you know, we just talked the last episode about how Chris Barkers is, you know, the one of the best people in the comp for getting the ball, kicking it under pressure quickly to to advantageous space, and that didn't happen at nearly at all on the weekend. There were so many intercept marks off those kicks. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's one of the other points that I. It's not so much a general point; it's a very specific point that I want to get your guys' thoughts on. Is that did you guys hear Dan Dan Lowther's interview after the game about no, Marcus? Wasn't able nah. to. Where I I heard it on the radio on my way home, and he basically said it was you know frustrating, disappointing result, frustra- frustrating for Prisparkus because she wanted to you know she's a high impact player and she wanted to have a high impact, but she wasn't able to because she was being held by back by this injury, and I kind of went, so what why is she out there? Yeah. <laughs> Like that because she passed the test. She got she got played, and then after the game, he's saying, "Oh, you know, she couldn't because of her injury." So you're like, you're kind of going. I mean, he didn't straight out say it, but they're basically saying they they played her at you know eighty percent. Yeah, definitely not, definitely not a hundred percent fitness. Yeah, and you kind of go like, you know, in a final, in an elimination final, like you know, if we if you could have got through next week, giving her another another week's time to prepare and potentially had her there for the you know for the next stage yeah i don't know i i i didn't that's a love one. that um i that don't is, know what, what your thoughts odd. are yeah that's that's surprising to me because uh we've got pretty much you're used to the men's you know saying if you're not 100 percent, we're yeah, not going to risk it so this is this is an interesting one because if she did read into it then could you have missed more games next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 
it's um and and it's not it's a, a she's, not, she's not a player she's you know she's not a a key forward that could maybe you know just be a little more stationary yeah. and try and take some big marks use her height she's got to be just up kick it kick it straight it's all running it's all turning it's doing everything under pressure um and i think hearing that and looking back i think it makes sense with the way she played as much as the pressure yeah. was on and as you said jake they'd they'd figured it out you do kind of she didn't look loose she didn't look free yeah. and liberated the way she she, she normally didn't look does as fast as she normally does mm. it's she it's so bit, yeah slow a bit sluggish Funny that you mentioned that because now that I think about it, there was a moment um, down near our attacking 50 um, and there was a turnover and North got the ball and Prasparka sort of, you would, you, she was in an area where you would like, oh, well, I would expect her to probably put pressure on in that situation. And she yeah. just didn't. And she looked kind of disgusted in herself almost like, ah, fuck, fuck this kind of face. And, mm. and, so it's like, yeah, that's that's the impact of going in injured. And it's funny because, you know, we yeah. we kind of had a laugh, you know, not a laugh, but we did say about Sydney in the grand final in the men's, well, that's what you do, I guess, when you when you don't, you know, believe in the full list. When you don't have faith in the mm. full list, you play yeah. a player injured and you hamstring yourself. Um, yeah, I don't like that personally. When and you've I got mean, a healthy list, like you play the healthy players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I think so. I think the risk is greater. Like I know they're probably thinking about the fans too. Like the fans seeing Prasparkas not being in there would be devastated. They're thinking about her as a person. She's a fierce competitor, and she would have been fighting tooth and claw to get in there. But that's why she's a player. And then there's the selectors. You know, yeah. like that's why the players don't make these calls because you need fiercely competitive people who are gonna put the game Extra. before their body, and you need to be able to the one to take the line and say. No, for the good of the team and for the good of your own health, this is not the call we're going to make today. And need we bring up Plummer again and say you've got this, you know, almost untapped potential at this point that we've seen what she can bring, and then she can't can't get a go. We know we we've played without Prasparkas this year and we played really well. Um, McDonald yeah. between McDonald and Webster, the the difference could be made up. You know, if you put Plummer in there and allowed um, Becky Webster to push up a bit and that that further allowed Amy McDonald not to be hindered, you know, not taking on the full brunt of what Prasparkas left behind or or Morrison either. I think it's just like Prasparkas is the player that we need, but we have tested a plan B this year. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like Amy McDonald going down. It's not like losing Megatron or Chloe Shear. Where we're like, well, what the fuck do we do here? <laughs> yes, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Him coming out and saying that—that's that's a bit too, a bit too, yeah, just risky. And well, obviously, it didn't pay off in the end. And yeah, who knows? And I mean, I'd may, like to, to be to be fair. Difference. To be fair, I'd like to hear the full because it was a quote. So I'd like to hear ah, the, okay. the the full thing and say maybe he did what the Sydney coach did and took ownership of it and said that was the wrong call to make. Um, but like it certainly didn't certainly that. didn't play that way where I heard it. Um, and I think that yeah, brings yeah. up the other thing, Jake. You were talking about the chase. Mm. Um, I think we the other habit that you saw sneak back in was the ball chasing instead of yeah. the the off ball structure. That there was a couple of times where really fierce tacklers, Kearns, um, JCG, Morrison, Prasparkas, McDonald, 
these people went in for the tackle and another two of them came in like three paces off yeah. also to like lay the tackle and North Melbourne were able to pop a little handball over the top, um, mm. shrug the tackle and they were away with like, you know, three or four loose players through the middle and we were playing catch up. So that's, yeah, respect you know, to these, that. these things happen under pressure, but it's um, first, um, first season type things, wasn't it? Where it was all just get the ball, get the player who's got the ball and we'll nail them. And they're just, you know, the, the smart players are able to handball, do an easy handball over the top. Yeah, we saw it. I think I was nearly yelling out at the players going, no, don't both of you go to that one player. Watch out over the top. And they got it over the top and got inside the 50, nearly got a goal from it. And but yeah, it was, I think that was the main, the biggest glaring issue that was that just the way that the old habits creeped back in pretty, pretty quickly. And, um, in the game in at crucial moments. So I think they'll rewatch this on tape and, you know, analyze it pretty hard and go away knowing that, you know, the old habit old habits are still there, but they can be eliminated pretty quickly. It's just, you know, getting that communication communication up a bit more. And and that's the only reason I bring it up is because they have weeded that out. If this is yeah. something they've been doing all year you know it's that thing of your you, you expected stuff and you kind of go oh we've mm-hmm. still got to work on that but they haven't done this virtually all year right um, this was the first time i've seen it that was this like this obviously this obvious like, i'm sure it's probably happened in other games with players a few players have gone to one one player but they've you know they haven't had that easy get out for the opposition they've always shut them down so yeah when it was happening a fair bit it was yeah, it was a bit, um, I'll say, frustrating to to see see that happen because we know how so how much better they can play when they get the things on their terms. So we saw that, you know, in the last quarter when they were going back to the way they did play all year, how dominant they were. They were able to get inside fifty really easy, find targets upside inside fifty. But uh, it's it's finals. It's happened. It's happened to the men's. It's happened to the women's now, and you know it's all learning. And as I said earlier, things can only get better from here. It's all it's all learning, but like again, and I think this is uh, I suppose I'm very satisfied with the season as a whole. If you take the 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 whole undertaking, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. of, of going seven wins, three losses after you go, whatever it was the year before. You know, two and eight, the, the the previous year, and you make a final and you host a final, and it is all learning and it is a learning year. But by fucking god, there was a final that was right there for the taking. There's not going to mm-hmm. be that many finals yep. where you out, you know, you beat a team forty to eighteen inside fifty nine scoring shots to six and you lose by two points. Uh, that That's the thing I kept coming back to you with, John, when we were driving home. I was like, one goal, eight. One yeah. goal, eight. You only needed to be two goals, seven to win. If you told me going in, hey, all the cats are going to need to do tonight is kick two goals, seven, and you'll win. You would have gone, oh, fuck, we're going to piss that in. So, like, that yeah, keeps coming back to me. As much as there's all the, like, 
and this is the dual thing, I suppose, of being a fan. It'll be the dual thing for them as players and coaches and, and support staff of like, oh, God, we had a good season. We really gave it a crack. But you'll occasionally get these times where it comes back. We were so close to, to, to going another week because it was two points. We, we had this experienced North team who, by the way, I think North are going to need to change what they do because that game style is going to be outstripped. Um, in the in the very near future, I, I think it's the type oh, very, of game yeah. style that does put people off watching the AFLW. Personally, I think you flick on the demons. I think you flick on the lions, um, uh, the cats crows. Last week, the cats last yep. week. The cats, the cats, many weeks. You know, and it's attacking. Even, even this this week, the cats this week. Even this game, they were still doing it. Yeah, apart from that one kick still- inside fifty. You know, sort of thing. You know that yeah. that finishing kick, the 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 ball movement around the ground, the willingness to try and move it quickly, like it. So there's that that's going to stick with me, I think, over this off season as yeah. we wait for footy to come back. Is like we were so close, and it was a weird one where I don't think we deserved to win because we didn't take our chances, but I do think we were the better football team. We played the better football. Yeah. But we didn't finish, Definitely. and you got to finish, and that that's so important. Um, yeah, I think we 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 play a better style, and I think we are better. But we didn't we didn't play our style mm, that long enough, well for long enough periods in that game. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it is one of those weird ones where you don't want to make an excuse and say we deserve to win, but by the on the weight of our season and the way we play football and you know, the the proof that we laid out, we deserve to win, but we didn't deserve to win on the night. So you can't be too, yeah. you know, too bitter about it. Um, yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, I think if, if the Cats had have played half as well as they've played most of this season, I think we we beat that team by about 40 points. It's the yeah, experience. Like it's the, the experience the and great, structure, like you were saying. There was some great moments with the hands and the kicking from... Defensive 50 to four into the you know, closer to forward 50. Like they were still mm. moving it so well. But amongst all those good moments, but also those moments where the players, I don't know, I think I'm not sure, I wouldn't say they were worried about getting hit, but I think they were maybe worried about where the kangaroos players were. Because I saw a few times when a cat was going up for a mark, they would do a quick look behind them just before the ball got there. And pressure. <laughs> Yeah, perceived, perceived pressure. pressure and just that the caginess of the of the yeah. atmosphere too. Like it just didn't seem it didn't seem like either team really didn't seem like they'd warmed up. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like they'd run straight yeah. out of the <laughs> got in, jumped out of the car and ran out. Like there wasn't yeah, there just wasn't that sort of full full bodied um physical sort of um athleticism on display. Everyone was kind of like it was so in close, it was kind of like this weird yeah, game of no, inches around the no middle. No room to breathe. There was no yeah. room to breathe. And when there was, they were like, what do we do? What do or we at do? least the players were acting like there was no room to breathe, even if yeah, exactly. even, yeah. even if there was. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a little weird to be this negative like we ne- or, like, critical, but we, we don't often. But I think, the, I think the, the element of this is that this team is so good. Like, you know, we don't need to treat these players with kid gloves. Yeah, yeah. We don't, I mean, it's not, it's not, saying. it's, it's not enough, and it is, it is enough for anybody just to, just to turn up and play, and you can support them, and that, that's fine. This team's at 
you know, Brilliant. like you said, Jake, it was there for the taking. It was so close. And so you've got to look at it in this way because you feel like if we look at it in this way and they look at it in this way and, you know, they use this as fuel and, and learning fodder and come back next year, you feel like we're we're pretty primed to go further. Absolutely. And as we're saying, I think it was last week, you know, the gone are the days where it's going, oh, how's good? how good is this? We're playing a final. We're playing football. How good is yeah. this, girls? We're, mm, we're how good is football? <laughs> Look at this crowd. How good is football? It's uh, those those days are long gone. It's this is this sucks. This is um, this hurts. This isn't this isn't how good is football. This is how crap does football feel when you have a how shit's losing? <laughs> yeah, how shit's losing? How shit is it losing when you dominated an opposition team? You know. Well, don't, and don't forget this feeling. Use it. for absolutely and it and it's and it's like the the that standard hasn't changed because we as fans have changed that standard it's stand it's changed because the team have reset their own bar we, you know talking to i think you talk to any of them and you see how they are on the field you see claudia gunjaka like punching her fist when she gets beaten uh in the sydney game or you know in a marking contest, like there's a ruthless edge that's starting to emerge, which is fantastic. But as you redefine that ceiling, when you drop back down to a floor, it, it's so much more cruel as a feeling. And you're like, fuck, this sucks. This sucks. And I, th- I think um, you, you could see that with them. Um, and, and we can like, we, we can get into talking about the positives too, like as, as we get into votes and players and that sort of thing. But, um, here's, here's the fine margins we found ourselves in chaps this season. So we had seven wins. We had four losses for the season. Those losses happened by a combined 20 points, which means we had an average losing margin of five points for the season in our four losses. That's, that's good. And if you think. If you think about it, though, like that two-point loss to the Crows, that four-point loss to the Magpies, those were the losses that ultimately cost you a top four spot and a double chance. Mm. And it's, it's results like Richmond beating Brisbane earlier in the season by a couple of points that gave the Tigers the double chance. So, so now that they're the fine margins you deal with once you get up into the higher sort of strata of the competition you need to be getting eight or nine wins to to guarantee yourself a top four spot and the double chance and and that's the next step now for this team to work out all right when we've got the crows where you want them on their home deck when you've got the pies you know down at Cadinia park how do you finish them off how do we take that next step and and and, and put the dagger through the opponent sort of thing that that high-end opponent we know now how to skewer the lower teams because we've done that this season we've worked out how to turn on we've worked out how to set that standard and now it's like okay how do we beat these guys how do we beat those next big monster teams like the crows like brisbane like melbourne um etc i think that's the next sort of part in the journey um yeah i agree Definitely. Do you, chaps, I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about uh, like the, the, the actual experience of going to the game. Like, Definitely. Uh, do you want to do that and then get into votes? Absolutely. Or do you want to do the votes first? 
Now let's get into talking a bit of experience. Bring some uh, lighter, lighter mood to the vote before the votes. I loved it. I like it's it's my first AFLW game down at Cadinia. We went to see them at Mars Stadium in Ballarat, but like the ease of getting in. Were and you out not of the there sta- pre-COVID when we went? Oh yes, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. Um, but this Pretty was a nice, nicer atmosphere in terms of twilight footy. Like this was played as the sun was going down, and you know, by the time the game was over, it was nighttime. But it was just that's a perfect time for me for footy. Is 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 that sort of late oh. evening in sorry the, the the late afternoon into okay. the the evening? It was a beautiful backdrop. Damn, it was a gr- great crowd. Um, no toxic atmosphere. I, I thought it was there was some competition between us and some North supporters with the chance, but I thought it was mostly in good spirit. Um, yep. How was it taking Bear to his first game, Sam? Uh, it was good. It was, it was uh, yeah, very successful. Um, it's sort of, yeah, I mean, the actual, I've sort of had to like go in and rewatch highlights and whatnot to actually really dig into the game and <laughs> think yeah. about what went wrong. Cause I was, I was really quite like, you know, it was very secondary to me. It was, you know, first, first, first game taking one of my, my sons. So that was, you know, that was kind of very much my, my focus. Um, was not even and that's not even like I wasn't watching the game, but just in terms of how the game was, you know, being perceived by him. So he like tiny things like he didn't even know because you just watch it on TV and it's a little different. Like being live, he didn't know how to tell when it was going to be over. Like where's like where's the, where where do I find the countdown here? So I had to point out yeah. the screen and explain to him that this one, you know, this one counts that was counting up. Um, you know got to get to 15 so there's there's yeah just even tiny insignificant things like that were really kind of yeah. um fun and like turned into turned into games for us and he had uh chips and jam jam donuts and he oh, had his nina how, morrison mask um that he got and he ended, he ended up collecting three team posters from the um the, <laughs> the, the, the people handing out posters <laughs> so we've got we've got three team posters and uh and a nina Lovely. morrison mask um so yeah, it was really good it was um yeah, it was a very, very warming experience. Um, and I'll be keen to take him again uh, as soon as I can, uh, as well as probably Atlas. By the time the next season starts for the for the women's, we'll probably be he'll probably be at an age where I can take him as well. So, yes, yeah, nice. it was very successful and um, fun. What about Excellent. you, Johnny? Takeaways from the experience? Yeah, I, I had a great, great time. Had a good drive down with you, Mage. That was. Hmm. A very very enjoyable drive, and you know, I think we got we got very lucky with the traffic. There wasn't too mm. much traffic, so we we're able to you know keep the to keep to a constant speed, which is good. Um, not not much no roadworks really. Traffic lights were good, and getting to the ground from Banar to Cardinia Park is probably the the easiest thing mm. around. I think it was what one one turn. Yeah, after we made a mistake, like so many other people did. <laughs> mm. But yeah, one turn, ten dollar ticket, parking ticket, find a spot. I oh, want a five minute walk. Mm. And yeah, really re- enjoyed the enjoyed the evening. As you said, Joe, it was just a great spot, great spot to sit and watch a game of football. 
you know, mm. nice, nice narrow ground so you can see everything happening on the other side without having to worry about, you know, getting your binoculars out or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what, those hot jam donuts, they were <laughs> something else. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they were, were spectacular. And good. <laughs> were they hot? Was, mm. They weren't hot. Just warm? Oh, they probably were hot, but I had them when they cooled down a bit. They were pretty when hot. Yeah, them, when, you, when you ate them fresh, that jam was pretty darn hot. <laughs> but when I had them, it was just, I think it was a it was perfect temperature. Um, there was a perfect amount of jam in there. And the sugar outer coating was like crunchy. And then the inside was soft, and he got that jam, just added a bit more softness, and it was just... I'm very aroused. Fantastic. Delightful. I haven't had jam donuts that good in a long time. <laughs> Johnny Let definitely needs some, some tissues there. I feel like that's the... Oh, yes. If we're going to clip off one bit for social media um, from this show, that should be it. John's erotic um, description of, of the jam donuts. I like it. I'm not sure if anyone else said jam donuts that <laughs> at the game, but tweet at us. They were good. Apparently, there was free good. ice cream as well. There was. We missed, that we missed it. I know. I thought no. they were, I thought we had to pay. <laughs> we were too cheapskate. <laughs> no, we're good, thanks. Yeah, um, we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. No, I yeah, think I had, this, the... had an overall fantastic experience and made me realise that it's not too difficult to get to Geelong and watch cat games. The, the plan next year is to get, for, for me, I, I think is, is a commitment to go to every Cats game that's in Victoria for the women's. Um, I love the experience of going to the AFLW personally. Um, just, yeah, me too. Just, it's simpler. Yeah. Uh, I'm yet to come across uh, fights in the crowds, drunk dickheads. Um, like, like I said, there was that one bloke in the North Melbourne crew, but to me, it was, it was amusing. Um, and especially yeah. once we we got a chant going, and it was it was actually added to the atmosphere. I thought like uh, there was enough sort of rivalry in the crowd to make it fun. But like as soon as the siren yeah. went, it dropped. I congratulated yeah. some North Melbourne fans as they walked out behind us. There was no bad words said to each other. It was it was good and fun. And then when the siren was over, you know, crowd just went their separate ways. Enjoy it, you know, and and did what they had to do in the aftermath. So. Really good and yeah, can't stress enough to people that you should get along. It's so fun. And you know, I've I've had some negative feedback, seen some negative feedback um about the AFLW product just recently. It really bummed me out. And then I thought, fuck all of you. I actually don't give a fuck because the the people who are negative about it don't get it and i get if you switch on a game without context you're like 18 to 16 in the last quarter that's not good footy then you, you you're never going to get it because you don't understand the context of the storylines yeah. the narratives how the games unfolded the season any of it um so I, I really do think it's time and maybe i shouldn't have brought them up but i think it's time that we all just put those people Buried the ha- bury the hatchet in the critics and don't. I don't think we should even entertain them anymore. I don't think we should talk about that. No, it's been the, the positive side of this season for me is you know we started the chaps about two years ago, and when we started, and I'll I'll be honest, barely any men 
posted about the AFLW on Twitter, the AFLW cats, right? And it's proof that winning fixes a lot because the, the amount of dudes in our Twitter feed now posting about the cats, going to cats games, you know, knowing all the players, loving the, like, it's really heartening and it is growing. And like most things in sports, winning changes a lot. So as I, I put up a I, post on I our- don't think, sorry, I don't think you're giving us, us three gents uh, enough credit here. I think, you know, <laughs> we, should, we should take some here. credit for getting, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like winning helps, but it's also a certain podcast that, you know, started talking about the women's, team and you know this is we, we started off with the women's team mm. the very first episode was a women's game and you know we we, we got to take a bit of this a small a, a sliver well it's not a huge slice just a small slice well i think we'd all agree that if we could only cover one we'd cover the w yeah that's what we said at least yep. privately um but we can do both and we are we can we can do we can do both we can do both absolutely but um, yeah, I think I, I think this the 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 women's team is is my team of the of the future. I think both teams have been my teams of the present last two years, mm. um, and that's not in any way saying I'm giving up on the men's team or I won't watch it or I won't cover it or anything like that. But just in the way we've talked about this premiership and how much how many demons it's put to rest and um, you know how much sort of closure there was with that and Selwood retiring and all that stuff. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I've become very, very invested in the, in the personal journeys of this, uh, of the, the women's team. Um, so yeah, I'm, and that's why, that's why it hurts when, when it, <laughs> when it doesn't go their way. Um, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's... you know, because I have expectations of what they should be delivering to me as a fan or a, or a fanalist or any of that stuff. It's, it's just that, yeah, I, I want, I want this success for for them. Um, yeah, it's, so um, yeah, I can't wait for next year. It's it's good that the men's had their success this year in winning the premiership, and it just goes. Oh, now I want that for the women. That's what we need next is the women's premiership because you know after this season and hopefully next season and whatever however long it takes, they they deserve one soon. And yeah, I'm right along for that ride as well. I can't wait to see them all come back out onto the field and put on those hoops again and play as a, you know, for this mighty Cats club and bring home the first AFLW premiership. And I I'm fully, fully believe that the team that is out there at the moment is more than capable of winning it. I, I wouldn't mind just reading out the Instagram post I put up to the team um, from our account it kind of sums it up for me like of, of the importance of what this team's doing um which was just thanks to the team for an incredible season we've got so much joy out of watching your footy can't wait to watch again next season um and just i guess yeah we talked about it's you know making a long drive down to, to watch them play is a tiny price to pay to watch what they're building because what they're building is remarkable and while I understand they're probably frustrated and disappointed right now, it's got to be kept within the context that what they're creating is going to reap massive benefits, not just for them as a team, but beyond that, because they're not just building a team, they're laying the foundation at Geelong 
for a cat's AFLW culture that's going to be followed and aspired to for years to come. Like they are laying those foundations that, you know, Bomber Thompson and Salwood and uh, those guys laid for the men's team 15, 16, 17, almost 20 years ago that are now aspired to. That's what this team of cats are doing for the W. So I think as fans, we've really got to remember that. We've really got to back them because they're doing. They're doing legacy building work right now. And although the silverware isn't happening right now, these steps are the steps that lead to it. So it's just massive what they're doing. And I just appreciate all the work, the players, the coaching staff, everyone involved in it. Um, It's just, it's just fucking brilliant. And and they should all be proud. Um, But I know they're hungry for a lot more. Uh, Let's finish off this episode, chaps. Let's chuck some votes in. Uh, I am going to lead us off. This was a really tough one, a really tough game, and people are going to miss out on votes. Who shouldn't miss out on votes? Um, uh, And I'm going to change, going to change one at the last, the last minute. (laughs) I think. Oh no, I'm actually not. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. (gasps) Less drama. Yeah. (laughs) Dun, dun, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give one vote to Annabelle Johnson. Um, it was hard for me to separate Claudia Gonjaka, Meg McDonald, and Annabelle Johnson as those sort of marking players down back for the Cats. But to me, I just remember more moments where I was like, "Oh fuck!" You know, what a great mark, you know, Annabelle, or you know, great ground ball get. She had. Uh, 15 touches, four marks, three tackles. Just thought she is incredibly composed. I, and I keep going to say, you know, for a second-year player, she's a first-year player. It's her second season, but it's it's still her first year of AFLW footy. So it's just been massive. So I'm giving a vote to Annabelle Johnson. I'm giving two uh, to Chantel Emanson, who I think has just been a massive trade win for the cats really since she's come over to the club she had 21 touches which was second most for the cats 16 of those were kicks she had five marks one tackle um i I thought she played a brilliant game a number of other players could have got the three but i had to give three votes to a player who for me was almost the player of if not the second half of the season, the final third of the season, I just thought you saw all her best qualities come to the fore. That's Darcy Maloney. 15 touches, couple of marks, three tackles. She kicked the lone goal. I just think she's a big game player. Didn't The moment did not look too big for Darcy Maloney for mine. And I think she's got exciting, exciting times ahead. So one for Johnson, two for Emerson, and three to Maloney for me. Uh, what about you, Johnny? Oh, shit. yeah, it's, it was tough. Mm. It was tough to um, pick out these players, but I think, I think I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I'm going to give one vote, one vote to Claudia Gunjaka. I yep. think she just found, found her A game back in defence. Mm. Some of those moments where it looked like North was going to get a goal or they were going to get a big tackle and Claudia either stopped a goal shrugged a tackle and got it out of defense like the work work rate of her defensive efforts is is probably unsung amongst 
Earth or media and all that, like what she's able to do and produce week in, week out is immense. So, yeah, she's going to be, uh, you know, her and Megatron working back in defense together is just glorious to watch live. Uh, my two votes I'm going to give to Chantel Inmanson as well. Mm-hmm. That's what, what a brilliant night by her this year. Another one of those players that didn't get overall but a moment at all and i'm going to give my three votes to the obvious choice in amy mcdonald i just thought under all that pressure and all that attack by the kangaroos she was still able to do some pretty special moments even getting like having players hanging off her she was still able to get mm. the ball out get into attack and just never giving up i think that's the one thing that stood out to me most this year was that no, not once have you have we ever seen her give up on a tackle, give up on a chase, give up on mm-hmm. trying to get that ball moving forward for the cat. So yeah, that's yeah, just another brilliant game by AMAC under immense pressure by the kangaroos. Excellent. Love it. What about you, Samba? Uh, I am giving my one vote to Michaela Bowen. Yeah. Um yeah, nice. somewhat somewhat unsung. I thought she um mm. was really strong. She had nineteen bozels, nine of the kicks, ten hand passes, two marks, five tackles. I think she was this our second most yeah, um had a sorry, even even second most with Friswell and Gardner for most tackles. Um yeah. had a slight the... shaky start to the game, but once you got over those, shakes. Oh, what was it? What was her shaking start? I don't remember it. I just there was just a couple of moments where I thought she just fumbled the ball at inopportune moments. John's only harsh like critic. Yeah. Twice in that first quarter. Yeah, Jesus. Um, All right. All right. Well, apart from that, we'll we'll we'll. Apart from that, she was just dominant. Once yeah. Well, she, I, she got I, over that. Need, needless to say, I didn't I didn't notice it. I was pretty impressed with her game. I thought she she was tough. She came out really hard when she needed to. Um and yeah, I thought worthy of worthy of, worthy of a vote. I'm giving Absolutely. my two to the obvious choice, Amy McDonald. All the nice. all the reasons you guys have laid out. Uh, but my three are going to Chantel Emanson. Um, nice. I just thought uh, a really valiant performance. You know, um, Great word that I don't it. think any 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 of the any of the blame can rest at her feet. The work that she did. Even pushing up a little bit higher than you might normally see a push in a bit of a bit of a will to um yeah to to push the team forward. Um, so I think you laid out some of her stats already, Jake. But I think the the ones that you didn't lay out were that she had the most meters gained for the cats, yeah, um, with four hundred nineteen, and she spent the most time on ground for the cats with ninety seven percent of the game time, which yeah. If that's if that's not valiant, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree, and and it's funny, you know, you talked about the players who, um, you know, the so experience had the most most meters gained for the whole game. Sorry, both sides <laughs> included. Nice, it's crazy, and I I think, Emerson too. You talked about players who maybe um. Have have played finals before. That's something that stuck out to me for Emanson was like you can sometimes tell a player who's played 
finals and knows what it takes to win because you can just see they are leaving absolutely nothing out there at any time. They're going 110 miles, you know, kilometers per hour at all times, in all things, giving it everything. Mm. You know, there's there's no quarter can be given. And it's like players who have done it before understand that. And it's not something you'll feel. It's not something you'll know until you experience it. And I, and I feel like that's going to be the, the value in this final and the value of being out for other players to be able to look how Chantel Emonson played was like, that's what it takes. It takes that mm. from everyone. Because if you have everyone do that, it's, you know, like we just saw a premiership in the M by the M team. That's what it took for, for, for 16 weeks in a row was to, for everyone to not give an inch to anybody. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think Chantal Emerson's really deserving of our, our best on ground for this game because she, she typified that to the core. Yeah. And yeah. she, it was that, is that classic thing of not only did she not shy away from the moment, but she actually played better. So it wasn't even just her. Because yeah. one of the things I noted is how she didn't look phased a lot of the time. She she mm. marked, kicked, handballed, and tackled like it was a home and away game. You know, she yeah. was just fully confident. But then there was that other X factor that you're talking about that not only did she just play her game, but she actually played it better. She's a bit of a bit of a sneaky mm. Patrick Dangerfield kind of, you know, <laughs> when the when the when the lights are on and the and the big game siren mm. goes, she um she finds new That's heights. Great. She unlocks new levels of potential. So I thought, I've always been a fan, but I just thought, yeah, wow, she's um, she's not giving up at any point tonight. Mm. No, just, she had some crucial moments. Nearly got a great goal, great mm. tackles. Again, many intercepts. Yeah, definitely deserving of best on. What a what a player she is, and what a pickup by the Cats. Absolutely. Uh, what a season it's been for the Cats AFLW side. What a season it's been for the Geelong Footy Club in general. Um, amazing. It's our third season covering the AFLW uh, side. And it's been a pleasure to cover it for you. So although the previews are ended, although the recaps have ended, we have plenty more content for you would love for you to hop on over and sign up for the chap chat cats patreon it's five dollars a month you can go and watch this show you can go and watch all our shows there's video versions tonight we look like cats all three of us look yeah. like cats yeah. um so you should definitely go and do that but we're going to have bonus pods going forward as well but even for those of you who don't aren't on the patreon subscription we're gonna we go year round at least one episode per week. Every week of the year, we'll do Christmas specials. We'll rank our favorite baked goods. But before that, we're going to have season reviews. We'll have an awards night, I think. I think we'll combine the M and the W awards night. All sorts of stuff, chaps. We're not slowing down. Well, a bit. No, yeah, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited for some of these, some of the awards and the... Um... Uh, I guess what you might call our our, our post mortem um, that we'll we'll dig into stuff in a little little bit yep. nitty gritty. We have there's still so much from this you know even tonight we've we've been able to talk about it, but there's still more to talk about. But we haven't really touched oh, on wow. the the men's in a real in depth way because we we wanted to make sure the W got its its dues. So yeah, plenty to come. Plenty Absolutely to cover. Until next time, go cats.
Go Cats. Go Cats.